Merry Christmas from all of us at Harvest Bible Church to you. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. You can watch the full service or learn more about Harvest Bible Church at harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 4. You know, at the end of the year, and as we, as we did, oh, all you junior high, you guys can take off. You got to jump up and go out of here. You're good. You guys can all take off. And, uh, you know, at the end of the year and, you know, what we do in the beginning of things, I heard a statement many years ago. It says, how you leave one place is how you enter another. And how you leave one phase of your life and how you, is how you're going to enter the next phase of your life. Or, and so you got to make sure that you enter or that you leave well and you enter well. Because how you leave is how you're going to enter. So you got to make sure that you're guarding your heart, you're guarding... Uh, attitudes and things like that. And no matter how great 2021 was or how bad 2021 is, don't ruin next year by this year. Amen. And don't uh, uh, allow, uh, and even if 2021 was awesome, which 2021 for Harvest Bible Church was amazing. You know, we purchased our property. God did supernatural. It's just amazing what God did. It is, it is. And we, 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 but, but that's only the beginning. See, sometimes we can just get and say, well, hey, wow, how can it be even better? Listen, God always does better. He always does stronger. It is, you know, and usually every year at the beginning of the year, I teach on, and I've been doing this since 1999, teaching on writing the vision. But this next Sunday, that's not going to be, the, it's going to be a different message uh, for the second. And because it's going to be about Harvest Bible Church and, and, and Luke 418 and some things that God's putting in my heart. But uh, it'll be connection. But what I do, for those of you that don't know what that means about writing the vision is every year I write down what I'm believing for. I write down and what I'm exercising my faith for spiritually, naturally, because it's a proven fact that you're a 90% more, uh, you have a 90% more chance of receiving and, and, and fulfilling your dreams and goals if you write them down. So I've been writing mine down, I've been going, and it's such a joy to go back and look at it and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. So uh, I encourage you to still do that, I encourage you to do that this week, I'll be doing that this week, and doing things, praying extra, doing things, just getting myself set up for that, and it's, a, it's just something that I've always done, and I tell you, it's so cool to see God and watch God uh, uh, perform and do what he, what he just puts in your heart. He said, well, what do I write down? Well, what do you desire? The Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart if you diligently seek him and trust him. Hallelujah. You know, he loves you. Amen. So, you know, you just, and the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. So we want to do that. We want to let you know where we're headed, what we're doing. But here in John's gospel for this morning, I like to go out and just thank God and worship God and praise God for what all he has done for the year. Just saying, Lord, thank you for another year. Thank you for the privilege we have. Hallelujah. Because we're doing what your will says. You know, and I mean, know that God wants worshipers more than he wants workers. But if you're not a worshiper, you won't be a worker. So if we don't have workers, it means we don't have worshipers. Because your work is directly connected to your worship. Because you serve God to the, the amount that you know him and the amount that you believe that he desires you to do things. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Everybody gets nervous about that. So you find out who's the worshiper and who's not by what they do. Thank you for your overwhelming response there. But see, praise, worship, and thanksgiving 
is something that's got to become natural because it's something that God places within us. See, the Bible says that we've got this joy that he places on the inside of us. Now, here in, in John's gospel, chapter 4, many of us may already know this and everything, but look at verse 19. John chapter 4, verse 19 says, you know, and uh, the woman said unto him and said, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then she goes on because, you know, he already told her everything about her and she's already had five husbands and everything else. And the one she's living with now isn't her husband. And so she's like, oh, my gosh, she knows all about me. We're in trouble. And so she wants to change the subject real fast. So she basically said, hey, I perceive you're a prophet, you know. And she says, hey, I want to ask you a question. You know, our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour comes and when you shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, which it was at that time. He said, but the hour comes and now is. Everybody say now is. is. Jesus said the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Philippians 3 verse 3 says, for we are the, are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and re- rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. I don't know about you, but I, I lost a lot of confidence in my flesh over the last two years of knowing what to do and believing what to do and what to do. And I found out I, I became like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when he said, I, 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 I came into your presence and I didn't want to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. I'm in standing before you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling so that when I declare the word of God to you, I declare it to you so that your faith won't be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Amen. The presence of God. You know, I just found out, I said, okay, Lord, you know, because see, I was a teacher. I'm a pastor. So I like to have everything lined up. I got a, I got a piece of paper that I have had for years, probably 30, almost 12, maybe even 40 years. That, okay, January, this is the titles for this month. February, these are the titles for this month. March, I mean, all of them, I got, it's all laid out. I know exactly what you need to be fed so you, you can grow, you can do. I, I did it all and uh, put it all together so that, we, so that you can actually grow up in the Lord. It's really great. It's great. It's a wonderful outline. It's awesome. People love it. And it worked good for about 38 years. No, a little bit, maybe for almost 40, because now I'm at 42. So that basically worked really good till God said, eh, you don't get to use that no more. You say, well, that was all canned. No, everything was different. It was, just, it was just, we need to do this at different times, different things, because I'm helping you grow up in the Lord, helping you to grow up in the things of God. But God says, no, I, won't want, I want you just to listen and just do whatever I tell you to do. And you know, it's so funny because he'll say, do this again. I say, Lord, they heard that. He said, no, they didn't. You know, (laughs) he said, you may have said it, but they didn't hear it. I said, okay, we'll get it again. You know, it's kind of like a preacher. They he he came in, he preached this wonderful message. So they just said, oh man, we want you to be our pastor. And the next Sunday he preached the same message. 
And then the next Sunday, he preached the same message. And for the whole month, he preached the exact same message. And finally, the board came and said, hey, that's a great message, but aren't you going to do anything else? He said, well, when you guys start doing this one, I'll go on to the next one. <laughs> and that's true. I mean, that's so true when we, we understand how, how to handle it. But, you know, not having confidence in the flesh is it, not a bad thing. Because then we get to trust God. Yes. Amen. Now go to Isaiah 40, if you would, with me. Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. Which is really cool. We, when we may know this, but the Lord just spoke to Marty. He said, you need to tell them that they need to praise and worship me through this year. And in this year on praise and worship and thanksgiving. And let's praise God for what God has done, but also for what he's going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he has declared, you know, I'm not much on what everybody, every prophet in the world is saying. I'm not much what on, I, I, I don't really go on fads. I don't do things like that. I'm not jumping on the next bandwagon. I think you guys all know that because uh, I'm, I'm held accountable for you. Every word that I speak, I got to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to judge me on every word that I speak because that's what it says. That in James says, is don't, don't everyone want to be teachers or don't everyone want to be pastors because you're going to get, you're going to have a double judgment, you know, and I don't want your blood on my hands. I want to make sure I present you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. Hallelujah. So I take that very, very, very seriously. And uh, so I don't jump on everything. I listen, I look, and I see and hear, and see, hear what people are saying. But I don't, I just, I do like Mary said, you know, when the angel came, she says, pondered everything in her heart. I ponder everything in my heart and say, okay, Lord, I don't know about that one, so we're not going to say anything about that one. Amen. Amen. Here in Isaiah 40, verse 28, and, uh, uh, I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation because I liked it a little bit better. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. Man, I love that. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak or power to the faint and strength to the powerless. So even if you feel like you've been weak and powerless, God's going to give you strength. He's going to give you things. Hallelujah. He's going to open up and do supernatural things for you. Even the youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall you know, in, in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. And as I was reading that and just studying, looking and just, you know, edifying, it says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. So we're going to find new strength this morning. And you find new strength because, you know, something happens when you praise and you worship and you magnify the Lord. So I say, yeah, but I just don't feel like you don't understand. What I understand that. That's why in, in Hebrews 13, 15, it says this, you know, it says that, uh, that when we do that, we offer up the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. We offer up the sacrifice of praise. How many you know true worship is when you don't feel like it? Yeah. <laughs> and yet the word worship means you got to feel in your heart. That's what it means. The word worship means feeling in your heart. See, the key, remember I said we don't have workers because we don't have worshipers. And the reason that we don't have worshipers is because people don't know how awesome it is because, you know, to worship and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ and magnify God. Because, see, we're not worshiping a 
creed or a doctrine. We're not worshiping something. We are worshiping someone. My faith is in someone. I know in whom I believed. I know I've committed it unto him. I know the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen? See, we, our faith stands in him and not in something. Amen? It's not in about what I believe. It's in a person. And I believe in him. And that changes everything. See, because our worship, really, it's on our concept of who we believe Jesus is and who we believe the Father is. And if I can get you to know how great he is and that he's always working, that he's always with you, that he's always there, and that God created us to worship, the Father seeking such to worship him. And that God wants to give you some new strength. He wants you to give you some new excitement. Because, listen, we've been sharing Jesus is coming. Listen, Jesus is coming. And it's coming soon. The world is getting crazier. The world's getting, we know that. There's, there's persecution that's coming. There's things that are happening. We see all that. But, but, praise God. Hallelujah. We know that God's coming after a glorious church. He's coming after a church that's strong. And I guarantee you, Harvest Bible Church is going to be strong. Hallelujah. God placed within us, he created us to worship him, to magnify him. Amen. And I guarantee if you'll just do it and you'll start praising and worshiping God and you do it by faith, you just start magnifying the Lord. Guarantee you can't get sad. You'll get happy. Something eventually will happen. There'll be things that take place. They really will. You know what will happen? The first thing is you'll get confidence. You'll get confidence in him. Well, what did Hebrews say? Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. It has great reward. Cast not away your confidence. But it has great recompense of reward. But the next phrase says, but after you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. See, after you've done the will of God, once you don't cast away your confidence in confidence in who? Confidence in Jesus. Confidence in what he did. Confidence in God. God's word. Confidence. Having confidence in that. And I think a lot of things that these last two years have done for a lot of folks is that it's, it's, it's caused our confidence to be a little bit lower. It's caused our boldness to be a little bit lower. Yeah, but pastor, everybody's getting crazy. I know. We ought to get a little more crazy. Hmm. Amen? I mean, I have been, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is, but... Uh, you know, see, my concept of God is he's big. You know, he's huge. He, he's got this thing. He's already filled out the whole plan. I've already read the back of the book. I get to win. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I, I see this. See, here, here's one of the things. Here's a little phrase you need to understand. If, if you want to be a true worshiper, you always have to understand. Every time you worship God, place eternity in it. Always realize you're worshiping somebody that never ends. You're worshiping the one that creates everything. You're worshiping that you're, you're an eternal being because you're born. So you're going to live forever with him. Hallelujah. So, so you're just practicing it so you can get really good in heaven. Amen. And, and do things so that we can come back. We can continue. That. But see, not only does it change our confidence when we worship, it, it begins to say, it also changes our appreciation or our admiration. It, and I really want to say just appreciation because I don't know about you. I appreciate the Holy Spirit. 
You know, I'm anointed to be a pastor. I am. I'm gifted. God called me to do that. So I do that everywhere I go. And, you know, when you're going, especially even when I'm doing it with my family and it's still hard, things like that, because I thank God for the Holy Spirit who gives me grace, who gives me strength. And, and it's supernaturally. It, it, it's not something I can do myself. You know, me and my mom were very, very close, just like me and my dad were very, very close when he passed away. And so, but, you know, people say, well, how do you, it's just because it's the, the comfort and the, and the wonderful thing of the the Holy Spirit, and also because I know what the Word of God says, and I actually believe that with all of my heart. So, you know, I, I, I do know that. It's like, okay, you know, glory to God. Yeah, her, their bodies are going to be laid in the earth, but their spirit is alive unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they're more alive today than they've ever been. You know, D.L. Moody said this one day, he said, you're going to read in the paper that D.L. Moody died on this day. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? You know, don't you believe it? I'll be more alive then than ever. You know, you know, you know, and when you see things and you understand that it changes everything. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I got a quick, one of our little granddaughters who's four or going to be four. Anyways, we were talking, we were all, her and her, her mom and dad, they were all talking, they were there yesterday. So we were talking about it and they were asking me questions. And uh, the one little, little girl, she said, well, what about, because saints in their particular thing they do, well, are the saints alive? And, you know, and I said, well, no, their bodies are dead, but their spirit is alive. Of course, it's kind of hard to do that to a little four-year-old. And the parents didn't know how to explain that because then the little, next thing out of well, is Jesus alive? And I said, Jesus is really alive, and Jesus' body is with him. He's the only one that has, hallelujah, a resurrected body. It's not a glorified body, but it's a resurrected body. Amen, because he's going to have the marks and the things. And, you know, I love to share with little kids, because little kids, they grab it. It don't bother them at all. Mom and dad are going, well, I, how do we say, well, I thought, no, he's dead. No, he's not dead. He's alive. Because that's what mom would say, well, that's a tough one. I said, no, that's not a tough one. That's an easy one. Let me just come here. <laughs> That's an easy one. Come on, Grandpa will tell you. Get up on Grandpa's knee. He'll tell you everything. Get y'all going on here. It's good. So just begin to share. And she had no problem with it. She understood it. It's, it's when we get old and decrepit that, like you guys and you can't get a fight to your brain. Thank God we got them little kids over there and they just, we can mold them and make them. You, I got to pound on a rock and chip off some things. I got to undo to get something in. Because you got your own opinions. Hallelujah. But here's, here's something that we've lost. We've lost this in our worship. See, not only does it change our confidence, not only does it change our appreciation, but it changes our fascination. People aren't fascinated with God anymore. They don't think miracles. They don't think things. They're not fascinated. It's not like, we're going to get here. God's going to move. We can't wait to get into his presence. We can't wait to get there. We can't fight for a front row seat because God's going to do something. See, when you lose your edge of worship and you lose your praise and you lose your thanksgiving, you lose your fascination. You lose your imagination. Amen. See, we get to think, man, you know, the older we get, the more we think how great it was. I'm going to tell you what, when God spoke to Mark, he said, listen, if your dreams are not greater than your memories, you're done. 
That's why every year, man, my, my dreams are big. I, I keep going, whoa, I want this. Why? Because I've got to keep moving forward. I've got to be fascinated. I've got to know God's still a miracle working God. God's still a God that's going to do super. God's going to sustain me until Jesus comes. God's leading me. God's directing me. And I'm going to go out of here in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to stop. We've got to keep going. And I've got to, you know, just allow God to be God. Because, I, you know, a lady said this to me one time. She said, listen, she said, I've got to stay on fire for God. Because she said, my lowest point spiritually is going to be the highest spiritual for the next generation. And they can't see that. And man, that just stirred my heart. I said, yeah, I've got to stir myself up. Hallelujah, I've got to make this generation, this thing here, I've got to continue to let the power of God and let them know God's still God. Amen. So that the next generation can rise up. Hallelujah. Every generation has to do it, but we've got to serve our generation by the will of God. Amen. See, because when you talk about, you know, uh, worshiping God, hallelujah, you know, it affects, it does. It affects our confidence. It affects our appreciation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So very, very much. And it affects our fascination or our imagination of what God really can do in our lives. But then it also affects our adoration. How much do we adore him? Because he's worthy. There was a phrase, not a, there was a, I say a phrase, it probably was a phase. I remember that, you know, back when everything was kind of crazy, back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, when the charismatic move was going, you couldn't say anything without people just blowing up, you know, and saying and praising God. And they just do it, you know, just simultaneously because, you know, I couldn't remember being in one place and saying something. And all of a sudden, these ladies just, they just, oh, yeah, he was. He, well, I mean, they went off for 10 minutes and just worshiped. I thought, golly, all I said was, you know, I don't forget what I said, but it scared me so much. I didn't know what I said, but it was good. And, and I thought, you know, I thought, I meant everybody just, there was just an electricity, I think, because everybody was so thrilled, so thrilled about the new things that were happening in their lives. And I totally think we need renewals and we need restraint. That's why here, when it talks about that they'll find new strength, new strength. That, Greg, that's my title, just new strength. I just want 2022 to be new strength. New strength, that you're, you're able to be strengthened by his spirit. You're able to find new strength that's right there. There's some things that just change on the inside of you. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. I, that's my heart's cry because I really believe that we need to do that because we talk about miracles. We talk about signs and wonders, but miracle signs and wonders don't come just to come. God doesn't just do something to try to prove it. He comes to a place where he's worshiped and worship creates an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere that can take place. You know, we can't produce miracles. The only thing we can do is make room for them and have an expectation of them. Amen? And there's a lot of things that happened in the Bible, a lot of things that happened in the New Testament that I think ought to be happening now. I really do. I think we ought to have some suddenlies. 
I think we ought to have some supernatural things that takes place where the glory of God comes or where God says, do this and let's just worship, let's pray. And God sets ambushes against the enemies. Hallelujah. And he opens up the doors and he does things that he needs to do. We see these things. We know where the scripture is. But here in, in Psalms 89 verse 15, it says this out of the New Living Translation. It says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. I want to walk in the light of his presence. I want his presence to change me. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, every year at the top three things that I write down and write the vision, number one is I want to know God better. That's always, I want to know you more. Number two is I, is I want to hear your voice better, you know. Uh, I want to worship you. Number three is I want to be more obedient. I want to obey. I want to instantly obey your voice. I want to instantly, I want to be more, I want to obey even far greater. I just want to do that. Lord, I, I want to know you. I want to hear you. And I want to obey you. Amen? Because I do. Because if I can know him, hear him, hallelujah, and obey him, man, I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to see God do some, ah, uh, you know. Because without him, I can't do anything else. My utter dependence upon him. And I tell you, it's just been this excitement on the inside of me. It's just been a renewed energy. You know. Hallelujah. I mean, going into my 43rd year being in ministry and stuff, and it seems like a long time, but it seems like not a long time to me. I mean, you know, I know 43, some of you are not even 43 years old, but the key is, is that it just, it just seems, you know, now, you know, my, that's what my kids tell me all the time, too. They say, well, you just, you don't look like you're going to retire anytime soon. I said, no. Uh, I got life. I got so much vision. I got so much passion. Uh, I wouldn't mind somebody helping me a little bit more and let me do a little more different thing, you know, doing some things, but, but I just have, I just know what God's speaking to my heart and what he's saying. So I got to have some place to do it. And it might as well be here that I've been for the last 27 years. Might as well, I built this up. Might as well let it, let God be gone. God's done it. Amen. But I depend on him. Because here's the key. God began to deal with my heart. When I said, you know, I, I get down and I write these things and I share them with the Lord. And I'm just worshiping him. He said, here, here's what happens. Because when you really, really desire to obey him and your, your whole utter dependence is upon him, he changes you. He changes the view that you have of yourself. And that's what I want to tell you. That's why we always talk about who you are in Christ, because I want you to see yourself in Christ. I want to see yourself as a child of God. I want you to see yourself as a worshiper. I want you to see yourself that you can honor the Lord, that you can bring praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. You just, you take hold that your faith is not in some doctrine, but your faith is in a person. That it's real. That it's real. Amen. Worship is real. It is. And I'm going to use an old phrase. I want you to feel Jesus. I know you got to walk by faith and you got to do things there, but I want, I want, Lord, I got, I want the presence of God to be made manifest so that you actually feel him. Hallelujah. That it changes you, that you're like, whoo, it's pretty good. It's nice. I like this. This is good. You know, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Because when you worship and praise the Lord, it changes you. How do you know worship doesn't change God? He said, I am the Lord God, I change not. You understand that? <laughs> worship, you can't worship, I'm gonna, if we worship God enough, if we praise him enough, then God will do something. 
Wrong. Wrong. See, see you've got a wrong concept. You've got to understand God wants to love you. And he does love you. God wants to bless you. And he does bless you as much as you let him. See, you, you change your whole concept about, see, people get mad. Well, why is God doing that for him? Because he expects God to. You don't. <laughs> I remember Brother Self told me one time, he was talking about, we were sharing it one time, and, and this one guy went out with this other person, and this other person got a steak, and this guy got a hamburger, and he was complaining. He said, God, how come he got a steak? I got him. He said, that's what he ordered. That's what you ordered. He said, the problem is you, you think that's all I can do is a hamburger. I can do a steak if you want it. <laughs> He said, that's your concept of me. You got a hamburger me. He got a steak me. <laughs> see, our concept of what we believe and what we see, and I use it, that's you know, it's just an analogy, because, but if you've got a concept of how incredibly wonderful God is and his love is to us, hallelujah, amen, then it changes your perspective. Changes your fascination, changes your admiration, it changes your imagination, and all of a sudden you go, I belong to God. Yeah. I'm worshiping, and I'm not, Father, you're so good, you're so good, you're so, oh, wow. You remember what the psalmist said, count your blessings. You know, I mean, there's a song called Count Your Blood, but it talks about we look back and we see what the Lord has done. Look what, what God has done in our life, and we thank God for what he has, but he's not through yet. He's not through yet. Amen. He's not through. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and here's the thing, too, that, that the Lord spoke to, you know, because I've had times in my life where there's been some dry spells. You ever had a dry spell where you're just like going through the motion and saying, you know, God, you need to, you know, what's going on? Did you leave? What happened? Where did, where did I make? I made a left turn. You made a right turn. Something happened here. Where, where, where are we at? What goes on? You know, and, and you know, you, you, you get to a place where you're thinking, okay, maybe God's, you know, I need to deal with things or maybe what's going on in my life. And the Lord said, well, you just don't, you don't gotta, you gotta continue to thank. He said, the reason that you don't thank me and, and, and worship like you should is because you think you're less loved. He said, you need to go back and find out some things or look at some things. See, when we don't worship and we don't praise the Lord and we don't give thanks, we've forgotten how much we're loved. Right. We've forgotten that we're the favorite child. <laughs> See, I can say that because my brothers and sisters, they all believe that I was the favorite child. I'm the favorite one. But I tell them I'm the favorite one all the time, so that's why they believe that, okay? Okay. <laughs> I told my parents I was the favorite one. They should, you know, but, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's so, you know, see, see the problem with a lot of you, you, you guys walk around and let them talk bad about you. I always say, no, no, you guys don't understand. I, I, I'm special. Mom and dad love me more than you. That's just the way it goes. But <laughs> hey, no, we, 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 we got to get out of each other. But the, the key is, is that if you don't believe that you are the special one to God, you don't believe that you're loved. You won't worship the way you're supposed to worship. Now, I don't know about, see, I was raised in church, so I didn't go out and commit all these bad sins or do all these crazy things when I say that. I sin, don't worry about that. But the key is, <laughs> the key is, is that, you know, in the testimony of things, but the problem is, is that, because many times when, you know, you're forgiven much, you have much to, to really worship God. But I found out that, man, I have so much to worship him for, for, for what he's done in my life. What he's doing, what he, all these things that he's done, it's, it changes everything. Amen? Amen. 
we see this in our life. When I'm trying to get into you, I say, listen, you have as much of God as you want. If you want more of him, let's get more. Let's allow. Let's allow. When I say that, it's a revelation that you get. Okay? Because I wrote this down. Here's what the, and I'm going to close here. I'm not going to take you long. This is, but thanking and praising God helps me and helps you realize that you are somebody and that you have something and that you are going somewhere. You are somebody. You have something and you're going somewhere. And that's what we need to know. The, the future's bright, folks. Don't care how old that the future is bright. It's amazing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and when we thank God, it just increases things on the inside of us. It just causes things to rise up. We begin to believe things, see things, and it changes us. Sometimes people always say, well, how can you be so up and you can be so excited all the time? There's got to be. You know why? Because I learned a secret a long time ago. I learned the secret. If I'll go and I'll edify myself and love God and worship God and praise God and magnify. And you've heard me. You've heard me sing. I sing terrible. But you've, I make a joyful noise. I make up words. I, I mix songs together. I kill people. People that are musical. They just, it just annihilates them. It's like, oh my God. And it's terrible. But I have the best time. And I sing all the time. And I hum all the time. My motor is running all the time. And it irritates everybody. But I get edified. And I'm blessed. Because I'm not singing to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. I'm worshiping him. Hallelujah. See, so I don't care. I mean, the Bible said make a joyful noise. It did not say it got to be recorded. You know, <laughs> praise God. I talk, you know, I okay and I talk too fast. But praise God, that's what God did. I can't help that. All right. And here's the thing. When I worship and I praise God, he actually talks back to me. The Holy Spirit shares with me what he knows and what he wants me to know. And the relationship is so precious and so wonderful that it's like, God, you just love me so much. And it just changes everything. It changes everything about it. And I go, Wow. And I close with this scripture, Psalms 51, 17. Uh, we can just turn over to, to there. <clears throat> and it's an interesting scripture, but this is a scripture that helps me. Because how many of you know we can compare ourselves? How many of you know we can look over our life and think, hey, we should be here, we should do this, we should do that. But... Uh, But in Isaiah 51, 17, God, not Isaiah, Psalms 51, 17, excuse me, not Isaiah, good job. <laughs> Psalms 51, 17, I'm in Psalms, I don't know where I got Isaiah from, but anyways, hallelujah, it's probably good too, who knows, but anyways, that's not where we want to go. And when God spoke to me here, it says this, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, thou will not despise and God spoke to Marty. He said, listen, I'm not looking for something great. I'm not looking for something brilliant. I'm not looking for something that, you know. He said, I am looking for you to just allow me to mold you and make you. I'm looking for something broken, which simply means not broken in a way that can't be fixed, but broken in a way that says, Lord, I can't do anything but without you. 
I can't do anything but without you. And when I worship him, I'm worshiping somebody that's far greater than I, and I need his help. I need everything that he has. Hallelujah. You know, and, you know, because I'm all, you know, I say, Lord, you know, my mind can't grasp. He said, that's true. Aren't you glad that I'm bigger than your brain? <laughs> said, yes, I'm really glad that you're bigger than my brain. He said, he said, the problem with your mind is, is that it's not, you know, that, you know, you're, you're trying to receive divine revelation and it really can't. That's why your spirit receives it. That's why you take hold of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, it, we let our hearts take hold. Our heart rejoices and our mind says, oh, you think that's really true? You think you can really believe that? You think that's really true? And you go, yep, because I delight in the Lord. I just try. That's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, because what God wants to do from God's viewpoint of worship is this. When we worship him, it basically unlocks our heart so that God can answer our heart. And when he answers our heart, hallelujah, the very first thing is we know, wait a minute, he loves us and we are the reason that he sent Jesus just for us. And we're the reason the earth was made. We're the reason that everything exists is you and I. Jesus died for you and I. We're the reason for everything. And if you know you're the center of God's joy, he's the center of our joy, but we're the center of his joy. He made man because he wanted to have fellowship. He made you and he called you. And if you got born again, or if he's calling you, he's dealing with your heart, it's because he wants you to be part of the family of God. You know, God chases you until he gets you to get born again. Then you got to chase him. He stops chasing you. But the key about it, he never stops blessing you. He never stops doing it. Because when you chase him, obedience receives rewards. So we got to worship, guys. We've got to praise. We've got to magnify the Lord. And let's change our confidence and let our confidence be in him. Let's let our admiration be in him. Let's let our fascination. He, he's still amazing. He's still God. He's awesome. He's amazing. Oh, man, God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. God's awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. But let's let our obedience of worship. So whenever somebody says, oh, we just worship him. Oh, man, praise the Lord. You just shout. Hallelujah. Let's just allow, he is worthy. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. Lord, I've just shared from my heart, just sharing things. We thank you, Father, for 2021. We thank you, Father, for what all that you've done. But Father, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. As long as we're here, you're still pouring. You're still moving. You're still doing. Hallelujah. You've got a plan. You've got a plan. Your thoughts toward us, your plans for us are good. They're good. They're awesome. They're wonderful. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose. And we are going to be the church. And we're going to see your glory. We're going to see your glory. Your glory is going to be made manifest in you. Father, we'll not stop until the glory of God, just like the waters cover the sea, the glory of God's going to cover the earth. 
and it's going to cover Lodi. It's going to cover Stockton and Manteca and all the surrounding towns and everything in between. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that. We magnify your name because you've called Harvest Bible Church into being. You've called us here. You've called us. You've appointed. And you've got some divine assignments for us. Hallelujah. You're not done with us. Hallelujah. We're not done. We're not holding on. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I honor you for that. I thank you and praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying. Thank you for being born in a lowly manger. Just, I mean, wow. You weren't born in a palace. You were a king, but you didn't were born in a palace. You were born in a manger so that everybody could relate. No matter where they were born, Jesus was born in a in a barn, in a manger, in a stall with animals. Wow. And you grew up and you lived this life for us. And you showed us in just that three and a half years of your ministry on the earth, you changed the course of every nation. You changed the course of everything. Everything changed. And Lord, we honor you for that. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son as the precious gift for us. Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed here this morning, and all those that are watching, all those that are in here, Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, my heart is is that you would know him. And the way you know him is just to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. God made it so simple for all of us. He put us all on the same level. Anybody can believe. Anybody can accept. Hallelujah. That's why he did it. Hallelujah. So that he could love you. He sent Jesus to die for you. Paul said in Romans that if we believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. And that's God's heart. That's God's heart all the time. In everything that we do, to worship and to praise. I've taught on worship because as the church, we need to understand if we'll worship him, he will move and manifest, but it'll change our perspective. It'll change our concept of who he is. And if you're here and I can see you here under my voice right here in the church, if you you want us to pray with you, just raise your hand and say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. We always give an opportunity because I want people to be born into the kingdom of God. I don't want you just to be here. I don't want you to be. I want you to know about him. I want you to know. I've talked about a personal. It's personal. It's personal. You can't get to heaven on grandpa and grandma's faith. You can't get to heaven on mom and dad. It's yours. It's you. It's got to be personal. You've got to know. It's got to be a personal faith that you have to know. So if you're here and you want us to pray, we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if, if you'd be ashamed of me before me and I'd be ashamed of you before my father, you can't be. Listen, if you're lost and dying, you need help. Man, you wanna, you're drowning. You want to raise up and say, hey, you're going to scream to whoever. And you don't care who throws the lifeline. You just want somebody to help you from being drowning. So we're throwing out a lifeline to you. We're throwing out a lifeline because God's great. Amen. Father, we honor you today and we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, we just believe that everybody's born again or everybody's made Jesus the Lord of their life. Father, I've taught to the body of Christ because that's who I'm called. I'm a pastor called to the body of Christ to encourage them, to strengthen them. Father, let each one know that their praise and worship matters. Their supply of the Spirit matters. 
And Father, I want to create worshipers because I know if we have worshipers, we'll have plenty of workers. Hallelujah. Because people want to let their gifts be made known. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for this year. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Father, for touching lives. Thank you for healing and touching those that are there. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you give us vision for the next year. You give us vision in what we're doing. We honor you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.